Good afternoon, you're on the panel, RNZ National, Wallace Chapman with you. Now, due to a crash just south of Eureka, east of Hamilton, State Highway 26 is blocked. Avoid the area or expect delays, follow the directions of emergency services who are currently diverting cars via Platte Road and Eureka Road. So that's State Highway 26, uh, east of Hamilton. The Prime Minister has stood Michael Wood down as Transport Minister while any remaining issues around his conflicts are resolved. We discussed that just after four and a sweeping review into the country's electoral system is recommending major changes uh, to our uh, electoral system. More on those two political stories just after two. There is a new issue coming to our shores, a boycott of anything vaguely Pride-related schools getting emails from parents about schools' Pride Week, saying they'll keep their children home. We discussed that. Also on the panel, the song Whisperer. You guess the lyrics, and we give you the song. Living easy, loving free. Season ticket on a one-way ride. Asking nothing, leave me be. Taking everything in my stride. What's the song? Text me 2101 or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this afternoon, Verity Johnson, burlesque club owner. Verity, kia ora. Good to have you here. Kia ora, Wallace. Thank you for having me. And with us also, Peter Dunn, former politician turned political commentator. Kia ora, Peter. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora, Verity. Good to be with you. Great to have you. It's going to be a great panel this afternoon. Lots to discuss. Now, by the way, the panel is on Spotify. You can listen to it there as well if you don't have a, a chance to listen to it live. And just some breaking news here for you. Police in Northland have arrested a man in connection with the death of Linda Woods during a home invasion in Kaikohe last week. The 52-year-old is charged with manslaughter, burglary and aggravated assault. He is due to appear in Kaikohe District Court tomorrow. So uh, you'll hear more of that um, uh, in the 4 o'clock news. Uh, Now to this, though, the King's Birthday and Coronation Honours list is at its heart. It's about recognising not just those whose household names we recognise, but those who work tirelessly for and with others in our community. Deeds that often or not go unrewarded. And one of those is Karen McClintock in Timaru, honoured yesterday with the Queen's Service Medal, whose list of contributions is so considerable, her citation had to be shortened by the Cabinet Office to fit the brief. <laughs> McClintock, amongst other things, cares for people with complex conditions and high needs, including paraplegics, tetraplegics, and those with traumatic brain injuries. Kia ora, Karen, and congratulations to you. Kia ora, thank you. (laughs) It's so wonderful to have you on, and I believe it took a few days for you to look at the email address. It was simply addressed, honours, in capital letters. Yes. The email looked like one of those scam ones that sort of had symbols either side with the honours, and I thought, oh, no, I'll just leave that. Ah. <laughs> Went back to it a couple of days later and thought, well, there's no harm opening it because there's no link at the stage. And as I scrolled down, I got the seal, the Parliament seal, and then the attachments for um, for accepting it and for um, proofreading, and it also had a red receipt, must receipt, and I thought, oh, maybe it's a real deal. <laughs> 
So there you go. Uh, the honours, uh, <laughs> the honours email almost went into the ju- into the scam inbox there, Karen. One <laughs> reading your story, one thing stuck out for me. You have your parents to thank for instilling kindness. They sound like amazing people, Karen. They were, yeah, yeah, definitely. I was uh, growing up always, you know. Um, Dad was involved in working bees. Mum was PTA back in those days, you know, housey and yucca. And you know, I was there. She was seeking prizes for housey, and you know, I was just there, all, just all the time. This part of um, community work, community service. So, yeah. Yeah, very cool, Karen. We've got a panel with us. I might want to jump in with a question or a comment there. Verity Johnson. Um, Carl Pye, by the way. Oh, my God, I'm so... It's, when I read what you've done, it's insane. Yeah. Um, but also, Karen, I'm curious. If you hadn't responded to that email, does someone cold call you and harass you? Do you know if there's a process for people who otherwise would put these email in the spam folder? I'm presuming because it had a read receipt, it popped up, I must reply that it was, you know, a read receipt, that... If they didn't get that, they would email again. And then you would harass them and be like, oh, this is a scam. I'm going to have to call someone and get them to stop. Yeah, no, I presume they probably would ring just to get a reply. Um, I'll get Peter to jump in, but I've got to say, I mean, mean, I mentioned your day job there, but on top of that, volunteering for the Cancer Society, Breast Cancer Foundation, Hospice, Tamuka Volunteer Fire Brigade, Treasure of the Local Special Olympics, it is extraordinary what you do where do you find the time i'm a good time management person i got that from my mum <laughs> there is a lot there's a lot people waste a lot of time you can't waste a lot of time these days you just have to be good time management really Well, obviously, congratulations, Karen. It's a wonderful list of achievements and a terrific recognition for you. And uh, I'm personally delighted that you answered the email because I just think too many people um, who get passed over because we don't know of the work that they do and and the value of the art of their communities. And you're living proof of the adage that, you know, ask a busy person if you want to get the job done. So um, what what inspires you? What, What keeps you going? Oh, it, I find it provides me with a sense of purpose. Um, volunteering, you know, it's about contributing my time and skill set that I have developed. That's the other thing from volunteering. It gives you a skill set. Um, it's quite builds confidence and self-esteem, really, over the years that I've done it. And you learn skills. Like, it was my initial treasurer's job way back was uh, the old days when you did book recording by hand. Mm. And since then, I've been with organisations that run MYOB and do this and do that and opened up many bank accounts and, you know. So you get a skill set, really, from volunteering. Karen, I'm curious. Like, I, you, you're doing such amazing work and it must be incredibly um, emotionally draining for you as well. How do you stay so positive? You sound incredibly positive and chipper, but you're working in incredibly complex situations constantly. I think it's because you're you're doing it for people that um, just need you. It's so valuable. And just helping another another human being kind of thing. It's just yeah, it's just about helping people in the community. And you, I suppose you're talking about my paid position is um, yeah. It's just makes you wake up every day being thankful for how you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Karen. At the risk of sounding like Bradley Walsh from the Chase, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
Do you have spare time? <laughs> yeah, I do. That's, so I do make sure I have downtime. I have a dog, so we do lots of walks and down the beach, and I watch Netflix to unwind. I do knitting, a bit of crafty stuff, not that great, but yeah, read books. Yeah, like very cool. One thing that stuck out for me also, Karen, uh, by the way, we're talking to Karen McClintock-Timaru, who was honoured yesterday with the Queen's Service Medal, if you just joined us. You say that a lot of people these days can be judgmental, but everyone has a story and things in their background. And I thought that was something nice to to remind ourselves in this day and age. Oh, yeah, definitely. With my work with cancer, all the different divisions, particularly Relay for Life, just this last year, three of our committee members were um, cancer survivors. And just hearing their story and you think, oh, what they've gone through. And, of course, I've nursed people that have died from cancer too. It's just, um, yeah, it makes you thankful for your own life, really, when you hear these stories. It is so wonderful to have you on the programme, Karen. And before you go... You didn't even have the day off yesterday. <laughs> how are you going to How are you going to celebrate? Oh, I'm not, probably not. <laughs> well, what? yeah, mate. Oh, we celebrate. We get called to Wellington. I think we'll take the whole family and a girlfriend, and then we might celebrate then. But yeah, oh, <laughs> I you must celebrate. Calls and lots yeah. of messages, so that was enough. Thank you, Karen. It's nice to have you on the panel. Thank you. It's uh, Karen McClintock there. Isn't it, Peter Dunn, a reminder of what those honours really are about, huh? Well, I, I was lucky enough to be on the honours committee for about 10 years, I oh, suppose. Oh, were you? And, and it was really quite moving every time you're going through a list of nominees just to see what people have done up and down the country. You know, the, there's so many things, and there just weren't enough honours to go around, really, for, for, for the people that were there. But the, it's a classic story of New Zealand. People just get into their local communities, they do something, and they do something else, and it builds on that. And without them, those communities don't survive. Yeah. Uh, and on that 425, we discuss um, uh, other uh, people who got a Queen Camilla received the top honour in the King's birthday. Also, um, former Prime Minister, now Dame Jacinda Ardern, took the highest honour. So uh, what do you make of that? Uh, did they deserve it? Text me 2101. Time for I've Been Thinking. Dirty Johnson, take it away. Um, so I have a condiment-based question for, for the fam to throw it out there. I have a question. When is it okay to pay for tomato sauce in a cafe? Because, just for context, I bought breakfast this morning, big breakfast, sitting down, eating it, and I was like, oh, can I get tomato sauce? And they were like, sure, but it's a dollar extra. So when is it okay for the, to charge for extra tomato sauce? Because I get it in a bakery or like a service station when you pay extra 50 cents or whatever and take it away. But in a cafe sitting down, am I missing something here? No, you're not. It's unacceptable. Is there a social rule? You cannot be charged extra, yeah. surely, for, I, for tomato sauce if you're in a cafe. I feel like that's crossed an invisible social it? code. Um, no, I paid it because I'm too polite. I was like, <laughs> okay. And how much was it? It was a dollar. So <laughs> I was just like, all right, here's some loose change. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of. I felt like I'd uh, invisibly stepped over one of those lines in society that I got wrong somehow and didn't know. But does anyone? Or, else? or is it a new age where yeah. struggling businesses need to recoup all they can? Two one zero one. Is it acceptable to be charged extra 
for tomato sauce, a buck extra. Thank you very much, Peter Dunn. I've been thinking. Well, I don't think it is acceptable personally, but that's another story. Um, Thank I'm, you for the sympathy. Though. I'm a verity on it's, that one. I, I wanted to talk about something a bit um, less lighthearted in a way, and that's um, I've got this bugbear at the moment about the way in which local government offices behave. I think that they've become far less accountable than central government public servants, and I think it's time to look at their accountability. Just take a couple of examples. Here in Wellington, we've got um, this bizarre situation where we've got streetlights that are likely to fall down and kill people. And the council officers have known for three years about this before they brought it to the attention of the council. We've got the shocking tragedy at Loafers Lodge where the council officers again failed to keep the council informed that they hadn't been keeping up with the fire inspections. We've even had the chief executive of the Wellington City Council tell a councillor that he can't conduct his own survey on matters that the council's gone out and consulted on because that would be in breach of their legal obligations if he, if he listened to what his own constituents were saying. I mean, this is just getting out of hand, and you look at the Gore situation. So I think that there's really time now to have a review of the powers and accountability of local government officers to make them far more transparent in their relationship with their councillors been... and mayors. Yeah. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, has not this been ongoing for longer? Recall the oh, issues at Tauranga City yep, Council no, have been going for quite, quite some time. And I think, I think we've now got to a point where it's just got beyond what I would consider to be acceptable. And I believe there needs to be a review of the way in which those powers uh, are exercised. The councillors and the mayors are the ones that are elected. They're the ones that are accountable to the public. The council officers are accountable to those officials, not the other way around, as seems to be the case in so many of their minds at present. All right. Um, your thoughts on that most welcome. I know you wanted to jump in there, Verity, but we're getting a lot of response regarding the tomato sauce. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. Um, and also, I, I knew it. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's kicking off, I yes. can tell. Um, uh, everything has a cost. That cafe has been absorbing all the extras in the past. They can't take any more. Of course, Verity should pay extra for her tomato sauce at a cafe. You're on the panel on RNZ National. Lots to discuss this afternoon.